Welcome to Epilepsy Cast, the podcast about all things epilepsy from Epilepsy Action. Hello! Hello, Hattie, how's it going? <laughs> it's going alright here, how are you doing? <laughs> Good, not bad, thank you. Uh, I guess welcome everyone to Epilepsy Cast, the new yeah. podcast from Epilepsy Action. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming, but we're uh, we finally put it together. And uh, I'm Rich. I'm Hattie. So Hattie, what do you do at Epilepsy Action? I oh, I am a media officer or press officer. So uh, my job is to talk about epilepsy in the traditional media, so newspapers, radio, television, uh, and to be the voice of Epilepsy Action too. And what about and- you? I am the uh, social media uh, slash digital comms officer. So anything you see on Twitter, Facebook, etc., I press the button that makes it go out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, pretty much every bit of uh, media you see on there um, is comes from me, and um, talk uh, talk to people on there, just talk to our audience, and uh, get the questions answered. Basically, you're the man behind Facebook. So what have we got to talk about today, Hattie? So. Well, this is Epilepsy Cast. Um, yes. We are going to put out new episodes about once every two weeks, and we're going to chat about all things epilepsy, like we said in the introduction. But what that means is that we're going to talk to people with epilepsy. Um, we're going to talk to people who care for people with epilepsy, um, and we're going to hopefully get a bit of an insight of what it's like to have epilepsy in the UK today. Um, and we're going to hear real people's experiences because I don't know about you, Rich, but there's nothing more powerful than hearing about what somebody has lived through and how they've coped and how they've managed. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just getting the, those authentic stories, actual real people to tell their real stories. I think it's really uh, powerful and, you know, it, it it can really help people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Yes, we are going to do that. And in this episode, we have an interview with um, the footballer Leon Legg, who plays for Port Vale. He's their captain. Um, He's also played for Cambridge United um, and he has epilepsy and he's on a bit of a mission to uh, bring more people, like tell more people about epilepsy and educate people. So um, it's a really cool chat. So that's coming up later. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, he was really nice to talk to. He's a good guy. And just some just some really good insights, like from a community where perhaps like um, like the footballing community, where perhaps being open about something that um, isn't your strongest point isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do. I just think it's so admirable that he can do that and be so open. It's fab. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and also, we are coming to you um, on the first day of National Epilepsy Week. Yes, we're kicking it off. We're kicking it off. I know, what pressure. Hey, we're going back to the football there as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, we, we received an email in all of our inboxes to say that National Epilepsy Week has been a thing since 1958. So since 1958, people with epilepsy and affected by epilepsy have been coming together for the third week of May to make some noise about epilepsy um, and to raise some money as well. And I just thought that was really cool that we were standing like on the shoulders of loads of people who've come before us and who've kind yeah, of absolutely. done their bit and we're doing our bit too. I think obviously with, you know, everything going off in the world, it can be quite easy to kind of forget, um, 
you know really important things like like epilepsy week and i think that's you know it's our kind of rallying call to get behind our community and show that you know we are still here and our cause is still valid and people with epilepsy of course still matter in fact even more so during this time um so yeah i can't wait to uh you know join in the festivities and we have lots planned yeah we sure do um, and actually, yeah, talking about being in this time, it's quite nice to have something that um, is a bit of normality, really, that, you know, for us, I guess, oh, Epilepsy Action, the 3rd of May is always Epilepsy Week. It's really nice that that is still happening. That structure is still there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. To go um, on working from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can currently see the inside of Rich's beautiful house and he can see the inside oh, of yeah. uh, my parents' spare bedroom. So, uh, <laughs> hey, this we, is my spare bedroom as well. So, we are, yeah, coming to you from spare bedrooms everywhere. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably coming, then, into, coming into your spare bedroom as well if you are yeah, working at home. <laughs> yeah, probably. From our spare bedroom to yours. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, also, just um, a little bit of a plug about what we have going on at Epilepsy Action at the moment and what we're doing in the midst of all of um, this coronavirus lockdown because um, we know that for a lot of people with epilepsy it will be harder to speak to your nurse or your doctor um, it might be harder to get the advice that you need we know we've had some information um, that show that, um, that people aren't like getting the appointments as easily um, and so and also that information is changing all the time. Like um, we're recording um, on the 12th of May here and like everything has just changed in the last few days. So um, we are in constant communication with the Department of Health and with neurologists and we are constantly keeping up and updated information on our, on our website, epilepsy.org.uk. Um, so it's up to date, it's accurate and it's information that you can trust that we have sourced and made sure is the right. Yeah, from our excellent helpline team, we're always on the ball and uh, always making sure, like every day, they're, they're keeping up to, with the most up to date information, uh, particularly for people with epilepsy as well. Um, I think yeah. the easy link to go to if you want to find out more is epilepsy.org.uk/slash COVID. And also that our helpline is here, um, that our helpline staff, um, like all of us, are all working from home, but they are no less up to date and they're no less um, knowledgeable about all things to do with epilepsy. So if you've got a question, no question is a silly question. They're really easy to talk to and calls can be anonymous or not, depending on what you want and need. And I always forget the number, but Rich, I know you know it by heart. Yes, it's 0808 800 50 just a lot of eights zeros and fives um yeah. uh, but you can also of course get in touch with us on so our social media channels um we're at epilepsy action on everything um if you send your questions across um that way we can send them across to our helpline team who get back to you within the day so mm-hmm. if you prefer not to call then that's always another option yeah and another really cool thing we've got going on here at Epilepsy Action um, is the new virtual groups that we've got meeting um, on Zoom, like the rest of the world. Um, yes. Everyone <laughs> seems to be meeting on Zoom. I didn't know what Zoom was. Now everyone knows what Zoom is. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they are normally we've got um, coffee and chat groups, groups that meet in coffee shops, face-to-face, people who share, have epilepsy in common, and they have that shared experience and they support each other. But obviously that isn't possible at the minute. So um, the groups are meeting um, and they are for anyone, I think, Rich. 
Yeah, anyone. Um, they kind of uh, exist in like a confidential way as well. So anything that kind of gets said in there, just, we don't, you know, we have epilepsy action staff members in there to make sure it don't like leave that group, that kind of thing. It's just a great way to kind of connect, just talk to us, get some helpful face-to-face interactions and uh, support. Um, so if you're interested, we um, have a little short link on our website. It's epilepsy.org.uk slash virtual groups and you'll be able to get all the relevant information, links, that kind of thing in there. And you can join on your, your whether you have a laptop or a tablet or a phone, it works on everything. So it's really great. And they're all through the week. That's one thing I thought was really ace, like they're morning, evening, weekend, like pick your time and there's hopefully a group. And there's specific ones for Wales and for Northern Ireland too as well, because obviously they face unique challenges with their health systems there, so. um, Yeah. Exactly. Like you can talk to people who actually have have knowledge and experience of what you've been through, and you can hopefully get some help that way. Yeah. Um, and I think the last thing before we go into the interview is just to say that this podcast, we want to hear from you. We want, yes, you know, we it, do. It, at the minute, your feedback is valuable. Your feedback is valuable and welcome. <laughs> um, but it is like at the minute, it's just me and Rich really. Um, we've been kind of in a podcast preparing bubble getting it all sorted and um, coming up with just our ideas but ultimately you guys are the ones who know what you want to hear so yes. um, please like email us get in touch on social media the email pod- is podcast at epilepsy.org.uk yeah um, any anything any stories you want to share if you want to get in touch get get on the podcast to share your story we'd love that uh, you know any any questions you have either for us or epilepsy action or our helpline team as a wider organization we're happy to answer those um and yeah just let us know what you want to hear because this podcast is for you absolutely um so i think now we're going to go to our interview um rich and i spoke to leon uh, uh, last week we spoke to him last week um yes. i think it's we've, just because time is moving on so quickly at the minute it's hard to keep track um yeah. but we spoke to him last week and he was sat in his garden so you might hear in the interview that there are some over enthusiastic birds in a tree yes. nearby <laughs> who are joining in adding to involved. the uh, mood and joining yes. in having their say um so you might hear those through the recording but uh, you know it just adds to the to the setting yes it's a nice it's a nice ambiance ambiance spring yes. day spring day yes. in the garden in lockdown <laughs> with leon leg uh, with leon leg here we like go background soundtrack so we've got um leon leg with us here hi leon how are you doing not too bad yourself yeah we're all right thank you we were just chatting about um lockdown we're in are we in week six now Oh, oh! I'd say week seven. You know what I mean? Week you, got, seven. you got to put that positive spin on it. We're gonna be in. We're in week seven. We're, we're in and, week. And seven. the seventh week is Monday. So you know, okay. if you think of it like that, it's like yeah, it's a bit better. Is it a bit better? Yeah, yeah. in week seven. Yeah. Um, how are you finding it, Leon? It's um, it's frustrating because obviously, I've had to stop uh, what I'm doing, so I can't play football at the moment. Um, I've got to try and keep myself fit. Uh, so it's it's very frustrating. Obviously, the, the, the kids are at home, so they drive you crazy for a bit. But um, yeah, it's just it's just frustrating because you've literally had to down tools and stop what you're doing. And I've got to train on my own and, and things like that. So it's it's just a, just a massive frustration. But obviously, um, 
the health and wellness of everyone is is the priority at the moment so just after yeah we were wondering like how you're keeping fit because obviously we can hear right now you're in the garden the birds are tweeting away are you just kind of doing it in your garden or is there so um, i've been going through there's a park half a mile away from yeah. me, near me so i've run run there um do a few uh fitness things i've used to do like in the off season anyway to yeah. do that and then uh, and recently i bought a bike as well um so about two or three days ago i've done like 30 miles or something like that and oh yeah wow. it's all yeah. part of where i live i've not even seen before so <laughs> it's yeah interesting and have you been doing joe wicks with the kids uh i actually took in the first couple of weeks i took um one of his sessions i've done a seven day sweat challenge um i've done one of them uh but i've not not the kids ain't got involved really. They've got involved with a couple of ones I've been doing, but not the the, the PE, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you've you've still got time. My mum said that she was doing the Joe X PE and it, it knackered her out. So yeah, if it, it's good, it's good for the kids. It's good for the the over sixties, I guess as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had friends who did it and said they couldn't walk for a week. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he gets people up and moving. It's, I think it's a good thing, though. Like. I think with this whole virus at the moment, you have to you have to look at the positive side. I think uh, a lot more people are, are maybe focusing on stuff that they haven't had time to. And I've heard a lot of people um, having new hobbies now as well. When I think it's um, it's it's obviously it's not good that there's a virus about, but I think people are seeing a bit more more to life than just going to work every single day. They're seeing seeing what else is out there, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And has it affected your epilepsy at all, Leon? I know that, um, was it, were you diagnosed when you were a teenager? Yeah, when I was 16. Um, but at the moment, I've, I've been fine with my seizures and things like that. Um, I've not had any, had any um, episodes or anything like that. So I've kept up with my routine with uh, tablets and, and things like that. And um, fingers crossed, everything is, is, is good. Yeah. Oh, great. And you say 16. I think, I think being diagnosed as a teenager is just the roughest thing. Yeah, I didn't know what to make of it because I didn't know anyone who had um, epilepsy at the time, so I couldn't sort of speak to them about it. And I mean, having having epilepsy at sixteen, and then having to do that the six month um, check with a neurologist and trying different medications and things like that, it was just for me. It was just felt ah, oh, this is just in the way. I just went over and done with. But in the end, you sort of accept what you got, and then. I'd sort of built a routine around everything in the end. It took a bit of time, but I, I got there in the end and slowly my seizures sort of went down and down. And I, I think the last seizure I've had probably between nine and 12 months now. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, yeah, you say that you kind of kind of didn't want it when you were a teenager. Um, and I wonder kind of how your kind of mates dealt with it or your family right at the beginning. Did you find it quite tough? Um they was they were shocked um and obviously the family were there for me and um we, I, I, my mum made countless trips to the hospital when i've had seizures and things like that so i think everyone that was around me to be fair they were they were fine with it um it was there was you know there was, there was no problem in the end so it's just when you do get it at that age obviously you just want it to be normal um let's just say so I think for me, the, the biggest thing I had to deal with was uh, when I come, got to an age where you could 
do your driving and things like that. All my friends were driving and I, w I couldn't, I couldn't take my test until I was 21 because I had so many seasons in between 16 and 21 that I had to sort of put that on the uh, on the back burner really. So it was it was horrible for me seeing all my mates having that independence and driving and I just couldn't do it. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It just must feel so frustrating. Very, very frustrated, yeah. Yeah. I can hear those birds. They're really making, uh, <laughs> singing away. They're, they're... It's lovely. They're uh, they're giving the epilepsy cast their blessing, aren't they? It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought they agree. They're just agreeing with everything you're saying. They're like, yeah, yeah it was frustrating. <laughs> um, and so, how did it? Um, obviously, I think did you have your first seizure when you were playing football? So I was at a um, a, a training uh, in the evening, and I've headed the ball, and then I'm not quite headed it right, so I've gone for it again, and as I've sort of come back down to the floor really everything just sort of went black and yeah. passed out and I sort of woke up looking in the air and see all my teammates and that around me and uh, fortunately for me the my coach and manager at the time uh, his daughter had uh, epilepsy so he knew exactly what to oh, do okay but that's really fortunate very fortunate very fortunate for me yeah yeah I guess because um, that was going to be my next kind of question really how did it affect your football career kind of did it did it have an effect? Do you think it had an impact? No, I um, for me, like I always say that as a as a youngster, I was um, I had like no fear. I, I loved football that, that much. I didn't want anything to get out, get in the way of football. Um, so no matter what that like, neurologist uh, said or anyone said to me, it was I always wanted to just go and play football. So I think I was I was back out in within a few weeks playing again once I was sort of recovered from that one I was I was back out there wanting to play again so I just sort of got on with it really obviously like with lockdown at the minute you know the the league suspended and that kind of thing what uh obviously there's like so many conversations about what should happen next like how should let the season play out what what are your thoughts um obviously the only I feel the only way that the season can can go is if there's enough testing um, yeah, and absolutely. the guarantee safety of players, but not only just players, so families go they they go back to yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, of course. You know because you got to think you got um, on a game day. There's 36 players basically, plus coaching staff. Yeah, there's there's, there's hun there'll be hundreds of people involved, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, and physios. even if it's even if it's behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. All, all, all interacting. You're going to be all, all whether you're on the bench or on the pitch. You're all there, and then you're all going off to, 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 to your wife and kids or whoever you stay with, and then it only takes one person to catch it, and then it yeah. just can spread like yeah. So you, unless they can guarantee the the safety of the players and absolutely hundred percent guarantee, the safety, they, well. you yeah. just can't make a decision. Yeah, it's it's really difficult, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess, I guess, especially with Premier League and stuff like that, it's TV rights. There's all sorts of like, like complicated business things in the background. But I think that is, I think you're right with that. I think safety is paramount, and obviously, it's football, it's passion. Everyone loves it. We want uh, the season yeah. to play out, that kind of thing. But you know, it, it is a game, and it is like it's not worth risking people's lives over, is it? Um, I, I see. Yesterday, there's a there's a player who caught it in France, and 
he caught it a while back, but he's, he's still in hospital. And I, I think it was Stan Collymore that said he's in, he's in a coma. So yeah. what is it going to take for the the um, FA to make a decision? Is it going to be something like that to happen to one of their players? For them yeah. to go, we're, we're suspend the, the league. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't you can't keep two meters apart, can you, when you're playing football? No, it's a conduct. That would be a really boring match. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you might as well scrap it. So it's um, no, I mean, I I had a friend that, that that phoned me the day before yesterday, and he he plays out in Holland, and they recently right. cancelled their their league. Yeah, and for him, he said obviously he's disappointed that they had to cancel it, but at least they made a decision because. Now he knows where he stands, you know. I think yeah. everyone yeah. has players at the moment just don't know where they stand. Will, will it be played? Won't it be played? You know, they don't know whether they're coming or going. And I think if you just make a decision, then at least you know you're either you're playing to you're getting ready for something or you're just it's done. And yeah. if the we're in the middle at the moment because we yeah. just haven't. I think yeah, I think the whole country's like that at the minute because we don't know when lockdown's going to be eased, that kind of thing. It's like the not knowing that's like the worst part, I think, at the minute. It's meeting after meetings at the moment yeah. and they're coming out with the same same um, result. They don't, just don't know. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only so know. long it can go on for. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, maybe they'll say something on Sunday. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> so what if I'm just continuing on the football theme? Yeah. Um, I was just wondering how... Um, Obviously, football, male football, is a kind of testosterone fueled male dominated environment quite a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> Rich is pulling such a face. <laughs> um, but, like, I guess when I've chatted to people in the past, it, people have said that, like, they've been worried about telling people or had bad reactions or people have felt like their epilepsy is a weakness. I wondered kind of what your experience of that had been, really, whether people had, that had been something that, like you'd ever been made to feel or um how people had responded to your epilepsy because i guess it sounds like you're having quite a lot of seizures at one point yeah i mean in your life with me it was like when when i went to um like football clubs and things that you you have medicals so straight away they want to know like what sort of medication you're taking that and obviously because of my epilepsy medication I have to say that I have epilepsy and things like that, and it's never been a problem when, when I'm at these clubs. Um, the, the clubs that I've been at have treated me very well. Um, the, the physios will want to know a little bit more about, you know, what my triggers and things like that. So, and, and if I do have a seizure, uh, my recovery, and just want to know my, what I do to recover, just to, you know, just, just to help them out, really. So, obviously, I can only tell them what goes on in my body and how, how I react to certain yeah, things. Yeah, of course. So it's just giving them as much information as, as, as they can. So I've been quite open with with what I have and um, I never felt really growing up that it, it had, a, had an effect really. I just sort of, I got epilepsy, just carry on with it. Right. That was my attitude to it really. Um, that's really good to hear that kind of you felt you felt like that people have just kind of accepted it, worked out how to support you, carry on regardless. Yeah, it made it made it a lot easier. Um, you know, it, sometimes it was just like I would just throw it in there in a conversation if they didn't know, or or, or I do like sort of have players or, or just find out about it and they'll ask me 
because uh, they, they might have like a relative or if they know someone and they just ask me questions um, and I've always just been very open and, and and give them feedback or anything they need to know I'm, I'm, I'm always there so that's, it's just just natural really yeah yeah I always think that if we say that well we do say and we know that one in about one in a hundred people have epilepsy so that means that everyone will know someone who has epilepsy yeah definitely it's not like like this when people say oh I think people obviously because people feel really frightened of it or you don't know anything about it but like more people know about it than you think I think once you dig down yeah yeah definitely um it's just such a stigmatized condition that some people are scared to talk about it, I suppose um but it shouldn't be like that and this is obviously what I'm doing at the moment with my blog and things like that, to try and just get it out into the general public to 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 get the more of an understanding to people who don't know about it and um you know every condition every um case is different but there's something that we can all relate to when when in my writing and things like that so um that's that's my goal really just to, just to i don't know humanize epilepsy really and just just have it as a normal normal thing to talk about <laughs> that crew <I> disagreed yeah. <laughs> Squawk. <laughs> um, yeah i was just going to chat about your blog actually um yeah it's it's ace i think it's just so honest and so um so open and candid about kind of what you've experienced and um i really think it will help loads of people um, and I noticed on there that you said that you're on a mission to tell as many people about epilepsy as possible um, and I wondered if you could say a little bit about why you thought that was important obviously I agree that's my you know I think <laughs> I think everyone should know For about epilepsy <laughs> yes absolutely I think the reason why I come back to trying to because like like I said it is such a stigmatized condition and I think that when you actually speak to someone about it and ask them a question, what do you know about epilepsy? All they sort of come up with is, oh, is it to do with uh, lighting and things like that? And then obviously there's so much more to epilepsy than that. So yeah. So it's, it's the reason with the blog was to just really go deep and in depth to what epilepsy is really, really about. Because it's not just flashing lights and, and things like that. It's so, so, so much more. But we we don't people only really know what they see at um, start before a show and uh, yeah. on TV where you get the epilepsy warning. That's all general public sort sort of seem to know, I think, and that's why I'd sort of just, just to try to go out there and write as much as I can and and tell my experience with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think it? Why do you think it is such a stigmatized condition, Leon? Obviously, I know I know it is, and I know that people really really feel that, but why do you think there is that stigma? Um, it's a it's a hard question to ask. <laughs> um, I don't know because there's so many wives' tales about like spoon in the mouth and things like that. And it's like so Absolutely. wrong. And I think you know it's um, yeah, it's just something that no one's really ever touched on properly. And I think that nowadays with with social media and things like that, it's easier to to get information out there. Whereas before internet and social media, it was basically like leaflets at a hospital. That's all you'd get. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think I think you're right about the um, the the kind of, the only thing like the, 
wide proper general population maybe it sees is is the kind of photosensitive warnings before for organs because i i am i actually i'm the guy that's behind the epilepsy action in social media basically and i see that all the time people are always like oh it's not it, i thought it was just flashing lights and stuff like that and it's like no well no it's not that's that's only three percent uh sort of photosensitive epilepsy only counts for three percent of all kind of epilepsy cases so yeah. it's so low and that's kind of like almost the the prevalent like knowledge wider knowledge in the uh, general public of what epilepsy yeah. is and... and the spoon thing it's yeah. so worrying like i've seen the pictures of what happened i've seen pictures of what happens when people have had a spoon put in their mouth when they're having a tonic clonic seizure it's not it's not nice no and and then yeah i when i tell people what i do for a living so many people say oh yeah you have to put a, i know what to do you have to put a spoon in their mouth oh yeah it's like oh yeah flashing lights no 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 no, <laughs> no. i had a conversation the other day on um i see someone having a conversation with someone the other day on on uh, twitter and the guy has um absent seizures yeah. and then someone come across saying this that's not real saying that absent seasons aren't a real thing it's like <laughs> well there you go then <laughs> you know, that's you know if you've got someone in the general public saying that absent seasons are fake and they're not real then you know it, it just shows that more information does need to be out there about absolutely we've got a long way to go yeah absolutely yeah yeah like why would you even do that you 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 there that health condition that you have that changes your life well it doesn't exist yeah yeah so that's, that's what we're doing about the moment and yeah like, like I say, I suppose it's a mission. So, um, yeah, a long way to go, but we'll, um, yeah, we'll keep going. Kind of, kind of, yeah. uh, kind of on that topic though, as well. I guess uh, we we noticed recently, and we've noticed as well um, as a as an organisation that there's this bizarre kind of trend going on right now on TikTok of people doing the seizure yeah. challenges. Where I don't, if if you don't know what it is, um, I guess. Um, it actually started last year, but it's kind of picked up pace again. Where uh, sort of idiots, I guess. There's no, there's no other way to describe them. But kind Absolutely of uh, doing uh, like like playing a song, doing a dance, and then dropping down, pretending to have a seizure, and it's like being branded as the seizure challenge, and it's just so insensitive. But we've seen you've been talking about it and being a bit outspoken about it, and uh, we've actually contacted TikTok and tried to get meetings with them, and we've heard nothing back at the minute. But um, yeah, I mean, what what makes it worse is the fact that the so. The, the guy whose song that they're playing actually died yeah. from a seizure. Yes, Juice World, yeah. Juice yeah. World. So they're playing his song. He's died from that seizure. And it's it's embarrassing that they would even let it carry on for so long. Um, yeah. I know there's a petition out at the moment to try and stop it, but you can't you can't let things and that that sort of that makes our job even harder to yeah. you know, we're trying to put it out there and then things like that you know, it's going to go massively against you for, yeah, for it, what it, we're trying to do. So It just undermines everything. Um, yeah, like, absolutely. That, when it first came around last year, we actually, we kind of tried to subvert it and we put our sort of short first aid um, video on there, on TikTok, and put in, put in you know, the hashtag seizure challenge. And it actually got almost a million views on TikTok. So we tried to kind of subvert it to almost be like, no, actually, this is this is really deadly serious and you should be taking it serious. Um, and so we feel like that that has hopefully educated a lot of people. If you see on the comments, there's like loads of people like, yeah, um, this is actually like real, and this is my life, and you can't just you know take take the mick out of it kind of thing. But um, yeah, I think more needs to be done, and 
yeah we feel as strongly as you about it yeah yeah absolutely it's not something to mock no no definitely not so you're at port vale now yeah what's life like at that club normally obviously at the moment at the moment uh, very positive we were just before this whole break we were one point just outside the playoffs so we're in a very good position very strong position as well so um everything was looking up and positive and then just as this is all sort of come into place we've had to chill i suppose and hope for the the season to resume um because we had a chance of you know trying to get promotion so um which really i mean compared to what was going on last year there was a, a lot of stuff going on last year um but there's a, been a mass, mass turnaround and a, a new man just come in. And um, I think the expectations from fans and media had us sort of bottom half the table, whereas we've completely flipped that and got a good home record and beat some very, very good teams in our league that are in the same position as us and going for promotion. And we've put ourselves in a very good position. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, great. One thing I wanted to sneak in really quickly as well, um, just because I'm a big my United fan I've been all my life uh, obviously your, uh, your Twitter picture actually going toe to toe with Aguero and yeah. I, yeah, I'm like yeah get him but uh, how, what was it like playing like Man City in the FA Cup I guess it was obviously a bit of a loss but um, it was an experience. it was surreal really because um, the biggest stadium before that was Wembley that I've played at right um, but then to, to go into FA Cup game um, yeah. and, and playing them it was yeah, the, lead, the whole sort of couple of weeks leading up to that, you, you felt right. You're getting closer and closer to this game, but then you've got to try and stay mentally focused for the games that you've already got coming on the weekend. Yeah, but yeah. On the, on the day, it was, yeah, it was madness. I mean, we, we turned up to the ground. You, you go underneath the um, the ground into like a car park to go to the actual, um, to get into the stadium. Yeah. Then going out for the warm-up, you could see... I think we brought something like eight thousand fans to the away, oh, yeah. and you could see them all up in in the. In I the bet line. they were much louder than City fans as well, weren't they? Well, <laughs> I hope there's no City it, fans it, listening it to this podcast. Bit, hate. Like, like, <laughs> the, the City fans weren't as loud as our the Vale fans, but um, yeah. you know when we went out for to 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 warm up and heard the roar of our eight thousand fans all waiting for us. Yeah, and, um, that's just so cool. Just seeing the, the the state of the, the the absolute quality of the pitch, and then stadium itself and then you saw more people sort of coming into and then you see them come out and you see players that you normally see on match a day yeah and yeah it's like wow okay I'm, you just focus you're so yeah. focused and then you come up against Aguero and yes his movement was just yeah. un- unbelievable <laughs> it doesn't as soon as he gets around the 18 yard box he's like a bit of a magician you kind of like he's what, like what a it's like a wasp just doesn't stop. It's just really, really hard to yeah. track. So yeah. He makes one movement and then goes, goes back. It's so sharp. You can see he's one of, why he's one of the best strikers in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, yeah. I, agree that, I couldn't agree with that as a United fan. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely just wanted to get that in because I'm a fan of your Twitter picture. Just like, yeah. rag, it, rag him about a bit. To... Rag him about a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you must have just wanted to pinch yourself. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I mean, after after the game as well, I've made sure I, I grabbed his shirt as well. And oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, got his shirt, and then we went into their changing rooms to to get our shirt signed and things like that. Well, so 
we met all their players and whatever. So yeah, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a great day, and it was one one to remember. And just just got to hang up the shirt now and get it. Yeah, 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 awesome. What an experience. Um, so uh, my one last question is one that we're asking everyone who we're recording with. And that is that if you could tell someone who's just been diagnosed with epilepsy just one thing, what would that be? Don't be scared. Um, you know, it, it's it's a condition that can. There's a well. There's a lot of uh, people out there that with information and they take try and take uh, the advice from your neurologists and doctors. And you know, don't be scared to be be open about it. Be open with your friends. Be open with family. And, um, you know, the, the closest one around you, always there to help and just, just, just be open. Just be open about it because there's nothing to be scared of. Ace. Sound advice. Yeah, and I know from what I hear when I talk to people that being open, like, it does seem to be the best way to be. Like, be open, be honest, and then people know what they're dealing with and you can all do it together. Awesome. Fab. Cool. Great. Thank well, you. Uh, thank you for coming on, Leon. Really appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, thank you so uh, much. No well, um, keep, keep up the back garden uh, workouts and park workouts. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, well, we'll be obviously rooting for Port Vale. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're Port Vale's biggest fans. Exactly. Yes. Well, <laughs> we might you might say epilepsy action. They're like the the football team mascot of epilepsy action right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow many teams. I follow Port Vale and Villa. My husband's a Villa fan. That's it. They're the two. Um, how many kids have you got, Leon? I have um, two at the moment. Two. And how old are they? And then are you having to do the homeschool thing? Doing a little bit. Yeah, doing a little bit of homeschooling. The, the, the oldest is going to high school next, next term. So, yeah, so she, she's got to get ready for the high school, really. So she's got to be prepared for that. Obviously, they can't take their sats, can they? So No. Yeah, which is, I don't know how they're going to work around that. Um, that's something for the schools to. Yeah. It all depends whether they go back into school or not. Of course, and like doing the whole goodbye thing—that's so important. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, and they're not going to be able to do it. The eldest right. was maybe go to Holland to have a. She was going to go to Holland for a trip there with the school, but obviously that's been cancelled now. So, yeah. So she's a little bit gutted that. So hopefully we have to make up for it at some point and go take her somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I still, absolutely. I still got my uh, year six T-shirt where everyone kind of signs it at the end of primary school. I'm sure, I'm sure I've still, you still got, got it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I only moved out a couple of months ago. And I'm pretty sure I brought it with me. So yeah, it's oh, no, I don't mind. <laughs> no, I no, keep I all sorts of rubbish. <laughs> all right, cheers for that, Leon. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, great. Thanks, Leon. And that was Leon. If you want to follow along with Leon at all, you can follow him on Twitter at leonleg32. But what a great little interview, um, a really unique perspective on epilepsy, particularly coming from a high-level sports background. Definitely. And I just think that the stuff, the insights he had about like the importance of being open about it, if you can, if you feel like you can. Um, I just know that I hear that all the time with all sorts of things, but I hear it when I chat to people with epilepsy that if you can be honest with the people who are around you and if you're lucky to have supportive people around you, it can just make all the difference. The ending of this podcast um we said at the beginning that this is your podcast and this is what we want this to be the listeners podcast and we have a bit of a crazy idea that may or may not work but um we're gonna give it a go all about crazy ideas (laughs) we're all about trying things out here um (laughs) 
so we wanted what we want to do is at the end of each episode we want to share a top tip from a listener about how to deal with epilepsy so um that could be that you know you set reminders on your phone to take your medication to remind you to do that at the same time each day or what leon said about you know being open with the people around you um yeah so we want to share yeah top tip from you guys one at the end of each episode so if you have one that you'd like to share um if you could record that as a voice note on your phone and then if you could email it over to podcast at epilepsy.org.uk and share your name and where you come from as well that would be brilliant i think it could be a really valuable way to get um the voices of people with epilepsy involved we do actually have a similar episode like that a full-length episode bonus coming out this friday for epilepsy week where we have a bunch of our media volunteers sharing um sort of tips about how to cope with epilepsy in lockdown which we are still currently in for a little bit longer i assume uh so you got to keep keep an eye out for that and um hopefully we'll have it on our all the podcast services by then um if not then uh keep tuned to epilepsy.org.uk slash podcast and it'll be on there or on our soundcloud and so these episodes are going to come out um every monday apart from the bonus episode every monday uh, once um every other week so um yeah we look forward to hearing from you and we hope that we will be speaking to you again soon yeah see you in two weeks bye